Hey, what's up, y'all? And welcome back to Me So Asia. I'd like to thank everybody for listening to episode two. That was what the longest episode so far. I went on like a little tangent, but I then realized before recording it was going to be a lot of content when I was talking through what happened the first two years of my relationship with my ex fiance. I didn't realize how much I had to say. So thank you so much for sitting through that because that was a lot to take in. But they've listened to episode two. I'm so glad you're back. Let's go ahead and give a continuation of the story. So the story left off of me pretty much going through the motions of the relationship, struggling through some things that I was not happy with the relationship and retaliating. Fast forward to you know, him moving around, me trying to keep up being a good girlfriend, and us pretty much been able to keep in contact with each other through the relationship, even though he was moving further and further away. I was remaining busy, still at the same location. Ultimately, we got engaged, we moved in, got a new job, thankfully, and so on and so forth. So, for the first few months. It was a struggle for me because one, it was the first time I was away from my family. Two, I didn't really know anybody in the DMV area like that. I had an older family member that recently moved up there, but she was trying to get her footing too. So we were not seeing eye to eye and we were busy. (laughs) We didn't even think twice about trying to see each other, but I think if we would have saw each other, it would have been more of like a support system and I wouldn't have felt as lonely as I did when I first moved to the DMV area. I was getting acquainted to my new job. I worked at a call center, which is something else. It was new new to me. Working at a call center was foreign because my previous jobs dealt with customer service. I was an accounting assistant. I worked in HR. So this thing was different, but Like my other jobs, they were completely different too. They were three different avenues that I was able to manage. So that's how I approached the call center job. And that job was very fun and very scary. And I learned a lot from it. And I'll save another story for um, my call center experience because I experienced a lot within like what, what, nine months? Not five, nine months that I worked there. I met some good people and I have some friendships that I still have. So I'm really grateful for that job. Another thing I was getting used to was my dog because she came with me. She had to get used to living without my parents or my siblings. And she had to get adjusted to my fiance at the time. She would, you know, get used to him coming and going from my parents' house. And she was content. He was there for a few hours. Then he left. My dog didn't feel intimidated or like her territory's been stepped on. So (laughs) it was adjusting for her to see him 24-7 because she was used to him coming for a few hours and leaving. And it makes sense. So she had to learn how to play nice, I would say. She was not warm in the beginning because I guess she was trying to feel him out too. Like kind of understand how he moves, um, how he treats her, I guess. So she was kind of standoffish. 
she wasn't too warm at first. Another thing we had to get used to was our schedules. He left really early, like around 6 a.m. I guess, came back at 6, I believe, p.m. Because after work, he would go to the gym and work out. I didn't because I had a longer commute, even though he had a shorter commute, but more traffic. Mine was long, so by the time I got home, I didn't feel like doing anything. <laughs> but luckily, I have good genetics and blah, blah, blah. But um, normally, I would wake up at 6. Actually, no. I would wake up at 5, I believe, and make, I would say, pretty much meal prep real quick and make whatever at the same time. Breakfast for him to take and leave since he, you know, wanted to get to work early because his parking lot would fill up pretty fast. And then um, what will happen next is I would get ready for work, sometimes sit down and eat my breakfast or take it with me or just don't take none all together and that's it. And it would take me about 45 minutes to an hour to get to work since I had to drive further. And I would work about eight hours a day when there's days that it's mandatory overtime. Yeah, sometimes you have to work a mandatory 30 or hour up, so on and so forth, whatever the company wants you to do if they're expecting or experiencing a high call volume. So I had to fit that into my commute after work, drive another 45 minutes to an hour, depending on I would say accidents. Normally going back home is easier than going to work. But anyway, and I'll get home, actually cook a full dinner, hopefully pack some up for the next day, I would say. Do some schoolwork because I was still in school for computer science at that time. I I completed accounting first. That I went ahead and finished up computer science second because I'm not gonna lie, I got a little antsy. I was like, I want one degree. I can't double major, get both of them at the same time. So that's what I did. Did some schoolwork, spend time with my dog, spend time with him, and then sleep. And then did it all over again. So that's one thing I had to adjust to. My sleep schedule, our eating schedule, because of course we ate lunch at our jobs or if we had leftovers, we air leftovers and so on and so forth. So during that time, um, I still felt some type of way about the stuff that I saw previously, you know, him telling his ex that he missed her and all this other stuff and him flirting with that girl on Facebook. So that's still in the back of my mind. So um, he has well, had, sorry, we're not together, but he had old phones and old devices and stuff. I'm not going to lie. Had another unproud moment. <laughs> oh my goodness. So around the end of January, yeah, January, beginning of February-ish, I found the old device <laughs> and it was like a Android because he's an iPhone person, so he switched over, you know, from Android. I think we all switched over from Android. Or who knows? People had iPhones, you know, before, but I had Android before, too. Anyway, I was looking at his old device. And surprisingly, he didn't clear, like, clean out the device. And um, he still had 
old messages between, you know, him and his family members. I was interested about that. I was like, I want to know the dirt. So <laughs> I was looking through and I was about to give up until I ran into a number that wasn't saved. It was just a number. And I read through the thread and it looks like he met this girl while we were separated pretty much not separated like that but him living in you know the dmv area i was still living in the south at the time that separation so it was a time when we were apart and trying to see each other talk to each other make sure we kept that connection going while we were at a distance so i read the thread and from the looks of it they met each other exchanged numbers and she was talking pretty casual you know saying you know basic facts about her nothing too much i was like okay it's a friendship but as i read further he was trying to get more flirtatious and he got more flirtatious to the point that he opened a invitation for her to come over if she wanted to and i was like eh, that's a red flag then another red flag he was calling her beautiful, sexy, sending her selfies, um, telling her about his day. Luckily, he didn't talk about his problems, so that's good in my mind. I'm like, well, okay, he didn't, you know, tell her too much about his relationship. But what bothered me is that he didn't say he was in a relationship at all. <laughs> so that made me mad. And of course, like the previous time, I had to retaliate. So... Over the course of our relationship, my fiance at that time voiced his opinion about social media. He didn't want me on it. He didn't like it, so on and so forth. So I lessened, actually almost completely stopped my social media usage. I was barely on there because I wanted to respect his wishes. And when I saw that, I retaliated. And I was like, you know, one thing that would make him mad is if I started using Instagram again. <laughs> so that what day, actually, I did not waste a beat the day I found it. I, I can't remember. It was like the end of January or beginning of February. But I know it was before Valentine's Day because that's when everything blew up. But I got on social media and I decided to flirt with every single person, <laughs> not personally to the back, every single guy, there it goes. Every single guy, I felt like they were attractive that were in my inbox that I never read pretty much because I wasn't on there. They were left, you know, unread. So I decided to read them and I'll send them flirtation stuff like, oh, you're so cute. You're sexy. Maybe we can meet up sometime, blah, blah, blah. So nothing explicit like the last time. I wasn't going that far. So I was doing that, um, I would say every other day, a few, like what, every few days or whatnot, but wasn't every day like that. And I remember on Valentine's Day, um, I went to work. He decided to stay behind that day. I was like, interesting. So in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, maybe he's going to plan something really nice for Valentine's Day. We're going to do something really big because he's staying behind. And when I come back, it's going to be a big surprise. How cute. Um, he didn't give me anything that Valentine's Day. He gave me stuff before. Because I like athletic gear. So he'll probably give me like a 
Nike outfit or Nike shoes, something like that. So he gives me pretty much athletic wear. And I think about it, I love athletic wear. So he sent me, you know, off like yeah, pretty much sent me off like you know, have a good day, love you, bye. I was like, okay, cool. So I was at work doing my regular thing. That day was pretty easy. I'm not gonna lie. Everybody was in a good mood at my job. Great. Um, me and Mike's fiance were texting back and forth, so nothing out of the n- like norm that I was expecting. So I remember I didn't have overtime. I was able to go home after my eight-hour shift. I got home, and he looked visibly upset. And I was like, what is he talking about? What is wrong with him? So I asked him what was wrong because he was pretty much still in his house clothes. (laughs) This was his house clothes. I'm over here like, let's go out. Let's have fun. He did not want to do anything. So I finally asked him what's wrong, and he was all like, I read your little Instagram page. I was like, oh my goodness, no. <laughs> and I thought that he looked at my Instagram page by using his page. No, no. You know how I found his old device? I had an old device, <laughs> and he found my old device, which I was planning on recycling. I forgot I didn't recycle it. However, I did not, I remember I did not recycle it yet because I didn't wipe it clean. I didn't do the uh, factory reset. So that means all of my apps, all of my what web browser, anything that was still logged into, it was so active. So, but it had no service. However, you don't need service because if you have Wi-Fi, you can do whatever you want. So he had my old, what, Sam, my Samsung Galaxy SX at the time, whatever. And he was able to go into my Instagram, my Facebook. He, he's not going to find anything because it's all, what, friends and family. So I keep it pretty family. I don't talk about no funny stuff, no ratchet stuff on there. But Instagram, whole nother ball game. So <laughs> ah, here we go again. So he confronted me about my Instagram. And I wished at that time, now I think about it, why, yeah, I wish I would have told him, not why, but yeah, pretty much, yeah, let me take that back. I wish I would have told him why I did that, why I was doing this again, pretty much. This is the second time he caught me, you know, it's not looking good right now, and I choked and did not say why I was doing this flirtation again. So we had this big blow up and we actually broke up that night. We didn't go anywhere that Valentine's Day. We broke up for a clean 24 hours. And he slept in the other bedroom. Luckily we had two bedrooms because that night was gonna be very awkward. I slept in the master bedroom. And after that night, <laughs> Well, well, that gruesome 24 hours, actually, it was like a whole day. Um, I decided to apologize. And I can't remember exactly what I said, but I never told him what I found, unfortunately. But I knew if I had to bring it up, I had proof because I screenshotted, well, took pictures, my bad. 
with my phone of the whole conversation from his other device. So just in case I needed to prove what I saw, I had it. I still actually have it. <laughs> I still ha actually have the pictures. But anyway, I had it in my phone just because I needed to. But my dumb self at the time never even mentioned the conversation I found. I said something like, you know, I feel that you was being pretty much being deceitful and I did what I did, but what I should do is come on and ask you if you're out here doing some wrong instead of, you know, seeking revenge without having facts behind it pretty much. That's, that's how I worded it from what I remember. And he was all like, you know, something like, you know, I know I'm not um, making you feel wanted or secure in this relationship because I'm busy. Like, he's not he's not lying. We were both busy. So at the time, I felt like he had his attention somewhere else. But at that time, he had a point. We were, we were both busy. And he's pretty much said that day that he's going to step his game up and give me some more attention because he feels like, you know, he's slacking. But I wish I would have said... Also, <laughs> I found these flirtatious text messages not even long before we got engaged, sir. But I didn't because I choked. So it's okay. After that, he decided to give me, um, how can I say this? More attention, actually. He gave me more attention. We started to go out and do some stuff that I like because I like to go out, explore, do stuff. He... Started taking me to like museums, um, the zoo. I, I like to go out and see stuff. So he was making an effort and now it's feeling great. So around, I would say, now this is about April timeframe. My parents told me that they want to have a family vacation. And my ex-fiance is welcome to join. So I was like, okay, cool. So naturally, I'm going to tell him. So I told him about the family trip. It was going to be to Las Vegas. And he said, no, I don't want to go. You can go have fun. Okay, cool. So I bought my plane ticket. I booked my room. My family wanted to see certain shows. Like our goal was to see a new show every night because we was going to be there for five days. So we literally had five yeah, five shows booked. It was like a variety of things like magic shows, what the medieval, something like that. We had what Circus Soleil, I think it was one night. Um, I think one of them was a variety show. But yeah, we had different shows throughout the five days we were going to be there. And I had everything ready to go. I was thinking about buying some new outfits because my parents... <laughs> Got it in my head that, you know, you need a new outfit for your vacation, even though these people don't even know me, haven't even seen my older new clothes, so it wouldn't even matter. But it's like a tradition that stuck in my head. But that time, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. We need to save money because we were, well, I was in a process of looking at venues and other stuff for our wedding because I wanted to have a wedding, but not too big. I would say no more than 150 people, I would say. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it in, I would say, in the South or in a DMV area. But I was pretty much leaning towards the South since we were both from there originally. And a lot of our family members are still in the South. So 
that's what I was thinking about, but whatever. So it gets to May are pretty much vacations at the end of June. And my fiance, I guess he had a change of heart at that time. And he said, hey, I want to go now. I said, okay. He bought his plane ticket. And then I said, I already paid for the hotel room. So also I paid for my um, show ticket. So are you going to buy your show tickets and pay for the food since I got the room? Like the food's not going to be as much as the room. He said, cool. I said, okay. He bought his plane ticket. However, he said, um, get the tickets because, you know, you know where everybody's going to be seated. So you can get those and I'll give you the money. I was like, okay, cool. So luckily it was still space near us. Actually in our same row, except for one show, the variety show, whatever. So I was able to book the five tickets for him. Of course, I didn't have to make any changes with the hotel reservation because whatever is just additional person, what they're going to do. And fast forward to June, the end of June for our vacation. I remember that night um i had to do like a last minute check for my bag had to make sure my dog was boarded so that was taken care of how to make sure we had everything that we need because i'm not gonna lie i don't pack a week or two ahead i pack like the night before or the day of travel <laughs> so i had to do like the spot check i mirror we were heading to the airport and we took a um uber and when we got there it was like what an hour till boarding because we were pushed in but luckily we had carry-on bags so we didn't have to check nothing in I remember we went to tsa everything was cool when we got to the gate it was delayed because they had to switch the um crew so we had to wait till all the crew members came and the new pilots i guess through a little shift change and it was ready to go so luckily we was able to you know stop get something to eat because this flight was going to be overnight pretty much so it was going to land in Vegas around like what, like one twelve in the morning, I guess, in uh, Las Vegas time. So I was able to, you know, get some Dunkin' Donuts, whatever, eat something real quick before we boarded this plane. Huh. So I remember it was flying Southwest. And when we got on the plane, they had the cool little blue lights. You know, I guess it's, that, I guess it's the new model of the um, plane, I guess. We got on, I think we sat in the middle of the plane-ish, I would say. I remember, like, in front of us and behind us, it was, like, family, so they were pretty quiet. Um, To the right of us, the, the right row next to us, it was, like, this party crew. <laughs> so they were pretty lit. Everybody else was kind of tired, but I didn't care that they were lit. They're going to Vegas. You know, I I, I get it. But I remember my ex-fiancee was not happy about that. <laughs> um, He sat by the window because he wants, you know, go to sleep and rest his head against the window. I sat in the middle because everybody loves small people sitting in the middle. <laughs> and then the person who sat next to me was this um, tall, dark um, man that kind of reminded me of Reggie Bush a little bit. And um, he sat down. He was really polite. He said hi to me. And he said hi to my ex-fiance. But my ex-fiance paid him no mind. He said whatever. <laughs> in his mind, I guess. And because like I said before, my ex-fiance, he doesn't warm up right away. You know, he has to get there. So I didn't expect him to be warm and friendly off the bat. So it makes sense. So he closed his eyes and, you know, chilled there. Of course, the plane had to do a little procedure. 
you know, um, seat belts, you know, life vests and all this stuff as we taxied to the runway. So the guy was asking about, you know, how are we, you know, are we going to Vegas? Like normal talk, I normally talk with other passengers. I fly planes almost like one every other month except this year because the pandemic. And I'm used to talking to people about general stuff about myself, not too much detail, but just general stuff like, yeah, I'm going here, I spend time with friends, family, blah, blah, blah. So I remember during the flight, the first leg of the flight, I would say, because that flight was about four hours, I would say, question mark. And the first leg, I would say the first two hours, he was talking about his um, life, his friends, his family. Um, He was talking about his girlfriend in LA, because that's where he was going. He was going to Las Vegas to do a plane change then go over to Los Angeles so um we were still talking and I had to get up and go to the bathroom so I told the guy hey I need to get up and go to the bathroom blage blage he was like okay cool um at this point we had like a cool um I would say talk um he knew a few things about me what we're going to do in las vegas like general stuff like oh yeah see shows whatever um he knew that we were fiancés and um this is our family trip to las vegas and of course he's going back home because he was in a dmv for business going back home to see his girl because they live with each other i was like cool whatever so got up went to the bathroom real quick came back well when i came back <laughs> my ex fiance. I'm calling him Q because I keep saying that. Q, <laughs> my ex-fiance Q, he was visibly upset. I was like, okay, all right. So he leaned forward. Well, he leaned over next because I'm in the middle. He leaned over next to me and he was all like, y'all here being really friendly. I need you to stop talking so much. I was like, oh my gosh. And I think he said it so loud that the guy next to me heard it. And he was like, oh, I am so sorry. I didn't want to cause any problems, I swear. And then my, uh, well, hold on. I said I was going to say no more. Q, there goes. Q gave us a glare. <laughs> and he laid his head over, like, back on the uh, window. And I knew he wasn't going to fall asleep because he wanted to watch what I was going to do. So I just simply put my earphones on and I pretty much tuned everybody out because I was mad at that point I was like how dare you gonna embarrass me <laughs> but I put my headphones on and then I closed my eyes I just randomly went to sleep so by the time I woke up because I don't like turbulence it was pretty much a smooth ride on the way to Las Vegas I woke up and we were pretty much body ready to land about the next 20 minutes so we landed and whenever I try and get off the plane um I'm calling Reggie Bush Reggie Bush <laughs> looked over he said, congratulations on y'all engagement. I'm sorry if I caused any problems. Y'all have a good night. And I was like, cool, same to you too. And uh, my sponsor didn't, my ex, uh, Q, my goodness, Q didn't say anything. So as we got into the Las Vegas airport, um, depending on the terminal, or maybe all the terminals do it, um, they have the, how can I say this? They have slot machines. Ooh, I can't remember it. They have slot machines in the terminals. So um, 
if you want to gamble right then or there, you can do it right there in the airport. It's kind of cool. So he was shocked about that. Like, oh, this is cool. So he was, you know, I guess he went upbeat because he's in a new airport, new city. Definitely. He never been there before. I've been there a few times before um, this trip. And um, I think his mood perked up and my family, they landed around the same time. We try to plan this this way. Uh, me and my family. It was my parents, my siblings, um, my what second cousin, right? Yeah, my second cousin and um, her boo at the time. My grandmother decided to come. And who else? I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. And we decided to meet at the terminal because I didn't know this, but um, Q got a rental car. I was like, cool, that's cool. Um, he got a rental car and then my father got a rental car too for everybody else. So I remember me and Q went to the room and my, of course my dad got a van, so he was able to carry everybody else, but we had to come back and get my um, first cousin, my cousin, cause she came too. So after everybody waited for the rental cars, you know, come to the terminal, pick everybody up, take everybody to the hotel. I believe I stood in line with Q and my parents stood in line too because we were the, you know, main two that booked some rooms. And I believe my cousin and my grandma booked under them. So I think they gave them money or something like that. My parents, I think that's how it went, whatever. So that's why us four was in line and everybody else was in the lobby, you know, using slot machines. I believe every hotel on the strip, or probably most of them, they have slot machines in their lobby or nearby their lobby. So that's where everybody was. And we were standing in line and my ex-fiance, Q, we're gonna call him, he was getting like visibly upset. And I was like, okay. So I asked him like, what is wrong now? <laughs> what else did I do wrong? And he said, what did you tell that man? So I told him that, you know, he was um, flying from, well, he was in a DMV, DMV area for business. And he was flying to Las Vegas to catch a plane and go to um, Los Angeles. He said, are you sure? I was like, I am positive. He looked us dead in our faces and told him because throughout the flight, my um, Q, my bad, Q was not fully asleep. He was definitely looking and well, not engaging. He was looking not engaging. So I guess he wasn't listening to what the guy was saying ultimately because he just saw him as a threat. And it makes sense. Guys are territorial, I guess. And he was like, oh, really? I said, yes, he told us. And he's has a girlfriend back in there in Los Angeles that he lives with. He said, he said all that. I was like, yeah, what's wrong? He's like, oh, I thought I saw him in line. And I'll say, like, where? And he pointed, I was like, that's not even him. <laughs> that is not even him. No. And I was all like, that looks more like Chadwick Boseman, the, the actor or whatever. So I was like, yeah, you tripping. So he apologized for that. He said he was just a little bit upset about um, us talking so long. I was like, it makes sense. So after we checked in, we all went to sleep. Next day, we picked up my cousin. Now, I think the group is complete. However, when we picked up my cousin, that made the um, van tight. Because if I counted my head, yeah, I made it tight. Anyway, so the next few days, we decided to 
sightsee around Las Vegas because in our group, it was a mixture of people who never been in Las Vegas and a mixture of people who've been there. Because I know my intermediate family, me, my parents, my brother and sister, we definitely been there a few times. Oh, and my grandmother. But um, the other people in the group, no. So we sightseed at night. This is how we planned it. We saw a new show. So we were doing that. However, I noticed throughout the few days, my ex-fiancee Q, I keep saying ex-fiancee. I should say Q, but whatever. Q didn't want to spend time with the family. So he tried to get me and him secluded, uh, like away from the family. So he'll plan something for me and him to do. So I was under the assumption every time we did something that we did this to wait for the family to get ready and we're going to meet back up with them. That's that's not what happened. <laughs> we would pretty much stay gone for like the whole day. Didn't, didn't bear, pretty much barely spend time with the rest of the family. Then met up at the end of the day to go to the shows and stuff because we paid for that. So I noticed he was trying to be distant from the family and it's probably because he felt uncomfortable or that probably wasn't his objective but I guess he just wanted to spend time with me and only me and my side of the argument is he lives with me 24 7 at this point I don't I don't live with my family all the time anymore so I want to see them at this point I haven't seen them in like six months so this is the first time I'm seeing them because I haven't been able to see them so I definitely wanted to spend time with them and him so I I think that he didn't see it that way so fast forward to pretty much the last day of Las Vegas it was the same pattern of us, me and, me and Q, hanging out with each other. And at the end of the day, go hang out with the fam during the show. And then we branch off and do our own thing. So, the last day, of course, we did the same thing again. Me and him branched off. The family did something, you know, on our own. And when we came back, we were getting ready for the last show. I think it was called The, the Variety Show. And it really is a variety show. It's like dancing, music, acrobatic acts, uh, musicians. It was the whole night yards. And I remember the shows that each like um, each um, show we did each night. Not all the family members went, I would say. Some would go here and there, I guess. But this time, Feed the Variety Show everybody wanted to go so to make sure we had you know people have enough seats and like get to the venue uh, all together my dad asked Q if we can use his rental car to seat you know more people so my grandmother wanted to drive with us and my um, cousin and her you know boo at the time those two and he didn't give a direct answer and i spoke up and i was like it's okay i pretty much pay for everything <laughs> you can at least do this one favor and drive everybody to this variety show because you know we can help my dad out and help everybody else get to the show one time and i didn't 
I think that he didn't like me speaking up. So I can tell that he got a little bit upset. But he didn't voice it yet. He did it with his actions. So after we not really agreed, we agreed to disagree about having the car being used. <laughs> um, <laughs> we all decided to, you know, go to seating arrangements. Everybody else would go with my dad. And my grandmother, my cousin, and her boo. And myself was going to ride in Q's rental car. On the way to the show, I believe it was in an MGM hotel. He was driving really fast and stopping really hard. And I was over here like, are you trying to rock us in the back seat? Because I always give the elders my front seat. That's, that's how it is. So my grandmother was in that front seat. I was sitting right behind her. And he was driving so fast for no reason. I was like, we're just going a mile up the road. So I feel like he's doing it on purpose. We got to the parking garage. He was zooming to the parking garage. I was like, you shouldn't be even speeding in the parking garage. There's blind spots somewhere. You're doing the most right now. And then he parked all crazy, like parking and stopping really hard and parking it. And he did this most sinister laugh. He was like, wasn't that fun, guys? And I'm up here like, my grandmother is in this car. I'm in this car. My cousin and her man is in this car. Look at you crazy. What is wrong with you? And um, nobody said anything. We just got out the car. But I stood behind and talked to him, you know, away from everybody. I was like, what you did was messed up. He said, what do you mean? He's like, I got us to the... um." show on time that's what I had to do I was like you didn't have to do all that he was being very extra if you just didn't want to drive everybody just let us know we could have coordinated something else but I just thought that it was fair for you to drive because I've pretty much fitted the bill for this trip and my father paid for pretty much some of your meals you you came out the best financially ever pretty much he came out the best in this whole situation. So I was like, you could at least volunteer this tribute and drove three extra people in our rental car. What is the big deal? And he was like, nothing. So he was being very um, facetious and he was very, what, condescending. So I was like, he's in a mood. I'm just going to leave him alone. So we went to the show. That show, I couldn't get the seat next to me because it was already paid for um by somebody else of course so he had to sit a row in front of me which he didn't like that so he was he was already mad again <laughs> after the show we decided to meet up and my dad said we should go to Fremont the Fremont experience that's the old Las Vegas strip it's like about what a couple miles down the road from the quote unquote new Las Vegas strip where MGM, the Caesars Palace and all that are sitting on to have a last hurrah, have a good, you know, dinner. So then my um I'm gonna say it again. Q <laughs> Q said, I don't want to go. I have a plan to catch tomorrow. My dad said, What time? He was like, Well, around eight AM. He was like, Come on, you can sleep on the plank, you know, it's your last hurrah tonight. Let's have fun. Have fun with the family. Sit sit down with us. And Q was like, no, no, no. And my dad's joking. So he was like, come on. Come on. Don't be lame. Don't do that. And I guess that triggered something in Q. And Q got in his face. 
they're pretty much evenly like they're even in height but in body class no it's not even um q is pretty tall and slender my dad is tall and muscular <laughs> and um and a veteran so i was like this is not going to turn out the way i wanted to so um q got in his face and started yelling and said i said i have a flight to catch and i want to go to sleep and then my dad he didn't expect that so he decided to <laughs> poke his chest out got his face he was like you have a problem and that's when i stepped in the middle i say hi <laughs> we're not gonna do this today so i said me and q can go back to the hotel everybody else can go you know to fremont it's fine i i will stay behind with q even though deep down inside i really wanted to go to fremont because the other times i've been in vegas i never even went to fremont i never seen what this craziness was about so my dad said okay so then he looked at q he said q do you mind driving the people who drove with you to fremont and he was like sure but it was very sarcastic and my dad read that body language he was like yeah no so he was like you know what can you just drive them back to the hotel and i will figure out the driving arrangements it's okay he said okay my grandmother was shook at that point she didn't want to hop in the car again <laughs> i don't blame her so my cousin and her boyfriend rode back with us and it was the most awkwardest car ride ever it was very silent my cousin and her boyfriend didn't want to say anything. No conversations was had. It was very silent. When we got back to our resort hotel, wherever you want to call it, my cousin and her boyfriend got out. They said, we're going to wait on everybody else here. Y'all can go into the room. So we dropped him off at the entrance and we went to the parking garage. And it, I, I can tell something angry was like building up inside of him he just had a look in his eye i was like oh no this is about to explode <laughs> so when he parked the car he didn't get out right away he parked it and looked at me and he was all like what you did was not okay i was like what did i do he was all like i didn't want to drive anybody in my rental car and i was all like you don't understand why i pretty much said you should you could at least drove people just a mile up the road to take them to a show just for one night you you haven't done anything since I was like I paid for this trip I feel like you're not being grateful and like you're not trying to be a team player right now and he was all like it's my car and if I don't want to buy it around it that that's how it is and he was like I don't appreciate your father getting in my face i said but you got in his face first so you were going to expect a reaction like that who who's gonna let somebody step to them in their face and not do anything not my father and i was like my family has been generous and kind to you so i don't know why you're acting like this and then he was like it's you you're the reason why i'm acting like this i was like oh my goodness so that's why i decided to get out the car because when i get mad i don't want to blow up and say something that I don't want to say so i just simply walk away so i got out of the car started walking to the hotel room because we're not going to do this today so i walked in the hotel room and he said come back i was like hex not in my mind i was like hex no i started speed walking to that hotel room i was like nope 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 i went through the side entrance i went up that elevator i went to that room and i was like we're not having this today so then i got into the room 
and I sat down on the bed to reflect on what just happened like the past like three hours. I was like, why is he acting like this? So he came in the room. He's like, I told you to come back. I was like, I'm not going to come back and you out here talking this nonsense. Like, no, is you're not going to see my way, like my side of things. I'm just going to walk away and try again when you're really like ready to listen. And he was like, that's our problem. I was like, what's our problem? And he was like, you are here talking so much. You never know how to shut up. You always here trying to talk, talk, make friends, do this, trying to trying to please everybody, be this nice person. Sometimes you ain't got to be nice. Sometimes you got to talk to nobody. I just want you to shut the fuck up sometimes. I'll say, what is happening? And at that point, I was all like, maybe this is this is something that he just built up inside. So then I turned around to him and I was all like, really? He said, yes. He said, I don't think it's going to work. I we're, we're just too different. We're just two different people. I was like, what? I was like, all this because we we had a little blow up inside of the NGM? <laughs> he was like, no, it's it's more than this. I was like, okay. I was like, so what are you trying to say? He's like, this is over. I was like, what? He was like, you can give me my ring back. I was like, I ain't giving up nothing. I ain't giving you this ring back. I was like, and, and what if I don't give it back? He's like, he's like, you don't want to know. I was like, what you do, hit me? I was like, I know you're going to hit me on a trip where my family's on because we, we can change this real quick. And he was all like, all I got to say is give me the ring back before I do something. I was like, I ain't giving the ring back. He was like, that's fine. I'm going to get it back eventually. I said, like, okay. And then he was all like, when we get back to the DMV area, I want your stuff out. I was like, what? I was like, okay. Now you want the ring back and now you want me to get out? I was like, okay, we're taking this too far. So then I was like, fine. If, if it's over, you want your ring back. I ain't going to give it to you right now. If you want me out the crib, that's fine. That Because at that point, I was done. I was like, okay, bro. If you want to have this hissy fit, do that. If, if you really felt this bad about, well, mad about me being a social butterfly, you know, being nice, you know, trying to be understanding. And at this whole time, I never bought up the two incidents. I should have, I should have done that. I was over here like, um, yeah, I've done wrong, but it's because I was retaliating, I was retaliating against what you've done. But I took ill on that, but I, I didn't want to say anything to make him upset because he kept saying, um, you know, if you don't, then this might happen. I'm, I'm over here like, no, nah, I'm good. I don't want to test his gangster right now. He looked kind of mad. So he took his stuff and he left. He left for a good hour. I don't know where he went. But uh, of course he had a key. So when he came back an hour later, he, I guess he cooled down. He was like, he's sorry. He didn't mean what he said. And actually from that day forward, I did not believe that. I really did not. I was like, he, he really believe he really thinks that. He really does. So that night was rough. We actually decided to go to sleep on an apology and did not, how can I say this, um, speak about it any longer. Um, since he booked his plane ticket after I did, his flight back was about two hours before mine. So he left around eight. I dropped him off at the airport. I promised him I'll, you know, put the rental car, you know, in return and he should be good to go. He said, okay. He kissed me. He said goodbye and whatnot. I went back to the hotel. 
say goodbye to my family because I had a plenty catch around like what 10 10 30 ish so um got back packed up left dropped the rental car off they flew back to the south I flew back to the DMV area and I was just reflecting on that plane like everything was different I was over here like he really think this about me and I don't really blame him I don't and on that four hour plane ride I realized I am just not the one for him. I I was looking back at what he was saying, like I'm not this, I'm not that. I talk too much. I'm 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 too friendly. Um, I'm not traditional. I don't like the way you dress. I don't like you wearing makeup. I don't like you getting your hair done up. Weird how it is. I'm sitting here like he he dislikes a lot of stuff about me. So why I'm over here trying to pretty much change myself to be up to his standard. So that that day changed something inside of me. And I'll never forget that plane ride. I had a long time to think. I didn't even sleep on that plane. I just reflecting. I was just reflecting. And it sucks because I wish I would have spoken up about why I did the things I did. Till up, up to this point, I wish I would have said something. It's like when you're in a heated moment, you don't think about how you should respond and how you shouldn't respond. But now I think about it, I wish I would have explained my actions and how it wasn't right. But I did it anyway. And how he should accept me how I am. I love to get dolled up because that's what I've always done since high school. I've always liked to change up my hair, put little highlights here and there, you know, wear it curly, wear it straight, wear it wavy. I wear my natural hair sometimes. It doesn't matter. I like to change my look. And I don't see no harm in, you know, throwing on a wig or throwing in a weave. Wearing my natural hair when I feel like it. Not because you don't like it or you like it. It's because I like it. And in his mind, I should have just listened to everything he says because he thinks that he's right all the time. And that's, that's not how it works. And I do things to make me happy. I like to get my nose done because it makes me happy. I like to change my hair because it makes me happy. I love to talk and say hi to my neighbors, my friends, anybody that's going to, you know, be pretty much receptive to it, you know, have a conversation, say hi to me because it makes me feel happy. And who knows, somebody might be down that day and my simple, hello, how are you doing? Could have changed somebody's life that day. That is just me. I am very, I'm a very happy person and I do not want to change how social I am, how nice I am because it makes you unhappy and uncomfortable. I understand why he said that. I get emotional. I understand why he said that because I didn't take the time to explain my actions, like I said. So to him being nice and being friendly is going to translate as being flirtatious and it's not those are 
two different things. Being nice and being flirtatious are two different things. But I did that wrongdoing because he was doing wrong in my eyes. If you do something and have to hide it, you're doing wrong. And that's why I don't like. And which I should have brought that to the light. I keep saying it because it's a regret. Because he's going to walk around, you know, thinking the way he does. And I gave no exclamation for it. And it just saddens me that he wanted me to change myself. To make him happy. Forget my feelings. Forget everything that I feel. He just wants me to change for him. I thought that that was very selfish. But on the way back home, I I realized what I had to do. And I'll explain to you how that came about. I will explain to you how we broke up. I will also explain my mindset when the breakup happened or actually no not or I will also explain what my mindset my mind um oh yeah I would this is a lot but I'll explain my mindset before the breakup and after the breakup how I was able to move forward and what is our status now because a lot of things transpire within that month time spring uh, time span. But um, I would definitely explain that for you all. It's going to be a hard thing for me, but um, it's something got to be done. It's a therapy session for me and. I, I know I can't say the whole story because I can't, you know, remember every single last detail. And if I did, it would probably be like, this podcast probably be like a few hours long. <laughs> but um, I definitely told the story from the best of my knowledge, pretty much, because it's been a few years. Hey, what's up, y'all? Thank you for listening to episode three, Las Vegas Nightmare. All in all, the trip was good and bad. We had our good moments where we laughed. We had our bad moments when we argued, cried, because I definitely did cry. But it's okay. This is a learning experience. This whole podcast is a whole learning experience for me. Next episode, I'll explain how the trip changed the course of our relationship. Also, I will talk about how I felt before, pretty much right before actually, and after the breakup, and how I moved forward from the relationship. You can follow me on my Instagram at Asia MK Charnay and also listen to the podcast on YouTube because I decided to, you know, put a YouTube version on there if people can't listen to the other streaming platforms. I got y'all too. But until we meet again, be safe out there. Toodles. Mm-hmm.